might be wondering about the chair that's sitting up front here. My initial thought was to sit in that chair and cover myself with the blanket and hide. Somehow it seemed like an appropriate response to Monday, Thursday and looking at Good Friday. Could you identify with that little boy that there are things we feel like we need to hide? And sometimes the best way to deal with them is just to cover ourselves with a blanket and make believe that the world no longer exists. On Ash Wednesday, we gathered right here in this room, and we began Lent by standing before the Lord to acknowledge our need for forgiveness, our need for a Savior. Tonight, we return and we stand in the shadow of the cross, and we are more aware than ever our need to know deep in our being that we are sinners broken people. And so we say once again, Lord, have mercy on us. Cover us with your abundant love, for we truly need a Savior. And tonight I can only think of one prayer, Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Have mercy on us, for tonight we have to acknowledge the truth, that there is not perfection within us, that we are sinners. And the cross reminds us that Jesus needed to go to the cross so that we someday could stand in the presence of our Creator God. But tonight, tonight we come and we know the truth of what lives within us. Tonight, we say, Lord Jesus, Son of God, have mercy, have mercy on us. You know, it's really easy to feel like, well, we're not perfect. We know that. Look at the society that we live in. What chance do we have? Aren't we measured by appearance and performance? Isn't that how we are valued? So doesn't that mean it's okay to do whatever we need to do so that we can be seen as pretty perfect? That our appearance is good and our performance is beyond refute? That we really can do everything that we want to do. But you know, if we have that kind of value on our lives, it really says we have no value at all, doesn't it? Because we've all lived long enough to know that we are not perfect. And the bad news is we never will be. That's the distressing part about living long enough you realize that you're never going to be perfect. And I find as I think that there's a pull to that chair to sit and cover myself with the blanket 
because I know my sin, the sin that lives within me, that makes me want to look good and to perform well. And sometimes that is done at the expense of others. But then we read the scripture and we realize that we have a God who gave us life, who loves us completely, who wants us to be in communication with him, in relationship with him, in a way that we have never been in relationship with anyone else, nor could we. Because, see, God has a plan for us. God wants us to walk down the church aisle and become the bride of Christ. God wants us to share the throne with him, to reign with him. God says on this night, we count. We are valuable and our value is inborn. That's the good news. Jesus' love does not depend upon what we do for him or for others. In the eyes of Jesus, we have value simply because we are. You know, there's something about that that sounds just too easy. Can it really be that easy that God wants us to be in relationship with him, wants us to spend eternity with him? Just because God created us and we are. My friends, we look at the cross. You know, one of the disadvantages of knowing that this is Monday, Thursday, and tomorrow is Good Friday, and that Easter comes, we know what happens on the cross. And we realize that our relationship with God was bought at a great, great price. Think about it for just a moment. Think about what Jesus did on our behalf, took our humanity on himself and went to the cross. We never can earn that kind of love. That's the message of Monday, Thursday. We never can learn, earn that kind of love. Oh, I loved that video. I love the point where he says to his boy, don't you know there's nothing that you can ever do that would make me love you less? That's God's message to us. There is nothing, no thing that you can ever do that is going to make me love you less. Nothing now. Nothing in your past, nothing in your future will make me love you less. Because of the cross, Jesus says, you are acceptable to God. You are loved perfectly. But you don't know me, you think inside. If you only knew what I've thought, what I've done. And God says, I know you. From the time you were conceived, I knew you. Before you took your first breath, your life was known to me. Every moment of your life, I knew. And I know you that well. Even the thoughts that are in your mind before you even speak them, 
I know you that well, and still I gave the gift of my son, Jesus Christ. I let him go to the cross on your behalf. I love you, God says. Look at the cross and realize it's out of love for love that Jesus died. And nothing, nothing we can do will ever earn it or nothing we can do will ever make us lose it. God's perfect love, God's acceptance of us is not dependent on our age, our gender, our accomplishments, our dollars, our awards, how much we give, how many times we come to church, the degrees we might have earned and have in front of our name or behind our name. Nothing, no thing will make us acceptable to God. God loves us. That's the truth. God loves us. Probably each one of you have had the fun opportunity of playing peekaboo or hide and seek with little children. Isn't it fun how if they can't see you, they just assume that you can't see them. Remember one time playing this wonderful game, hide and seek with my son. And of course, he was right there, just sort of behind a chair. I could see him completely, but I did the mom thing. I walked in and said, oh, where are you? Where did you go? Oh, my goodness. You must have left. I can't find it anywhere. Where could he be? Oh, gosh, I'm really going to miss him. And all of a sudden, this little figure pops up and says, Oh, Mommy, you knew I was here all along, and you would never stop looking for me. You wouldn't leave me here. And I said to him, And why wouldn't I leave you here? And he said, Because you love me. And I thought, Isn't it wonderful to have children that give you a sermon illustration? I know you wouldn't leave me here. You wouldn't let me hide and not find me. That's the message that God gives us. I want to find you. I want to be with you no matter what you have done. You know, I had a mom who said to me, remember, Dana, even if I'm not there to see what you're doing, God is (laughs) busted. (laughs) It's a message that's hard to hear, but it's true, isn't it? God is with us. The Bible tells us that no matter where we are, God is there. No matter what we're doing, God is there. And then I remind myself again, given that kind of knowledge of us, God still gave us the gift of his son, Jesus. We get a second chance every day. Forgiveness is God's gift to us. Forgiveness to all who will come in the name of Jesus. Jesus' death reaches to the past. It reaches to the future. And it holds us in his embrace in the present. Busted. You know, as it said in the video, that moment when your junk catches up with you. And you know you have to be honest with yourself And with God, that sitting in a chair and covering yourself with a blanket isn't going to make it better. You can't fool God. And God says, I love you. 
that Jesus, my crucified Lord, welcomes me, desires, even longs to have me be in his life, to forgive me. What a wonderful gift that we have as we look towards Easter. You know, it's been described as a crazy, holy grace. A grace that doesn't hold up to logic. How can God love us when we're sinners? But then I guess grace doesn't hold up to logic, does it? If it's logical, it's not grace. God's grace is that perfect love. Jesus asked his father to forgive those who nailed him to the cross, who hurled those insults at him, and Jesus did. Would he do any less for us? If ever people deserved to be prayed into hell, it was the people that crucified Jesus. Think of what he went through. But Jesus forgave them. I realize I couldn't do that. Could you? Isn't it good that eternity does not depend on our ability to give the kind of perfect love that God gives us? The word became flesh in some way that we cannot wrap our mental arms around. God became flesh. What a gift. Because God became flesh, God knows us. God experienced everything that we could ever experience. And his love will not let us go. I think Bob Bell's son got it. When his father said, nothing, nothing you could do could make me love you less. Nothing you could do, nothing would make me love you less. Maybe you're still squirming inside and thinking, yes, but can that really be true for me? What a gift God gave us when he gave us the supper, this meal to come to. So we can come with our doubts, our fears, our questions, our wonderments, and we can say, Lord, I don't get it all, but accept what I come knowing and help me with my doubts. Tonight, I invite you to come with whatever is going on in your mind and know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you are loved. Offer to God those things that need forgiving. And then I want to encourage you to say, God, I love you. Thank you. Thank you for saving my soul. Do you really believe that? Believe it tonight when you come to the table. Believe it that nothing at all can ever make God love you less. Nothing, nothing, nothing. Loving God, word made flesh, you lived among us. You ate and wept and walked the dusty roads. In your dying, you took on yourself the agony of our sin. In your rising, you broke the prison of death forever. Thank you. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for saving us. Thank you. Amen.